Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend JFK Mensa, a seasoned Bible teacher with over 40 years of ministry experience. He is a pastor, a church planter, a missionary, and an international conference speaker. He is passionate about making Christ-like disciples worldwide. JFK Mensa is the General Overseer of Great Commission Church International. May you be transformed as you listen to the Word of God. Lord Jesus, we give you our hearts once again. You are worthy to receive all honor, glory, power, dominion for the work that you have done. We pray that even as we plow through the unfinished task, you yourself will stand by us, raise up an army for the work that is left. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Please take your seats. Let's take a look this evening at the unfinished task and look at the trends before us so that we can know whether our solutions are working or they are not working. I want to talk, first of all, about the number of people who have not yet heard about Jesus at all. As I speak now, 28 out of every 100 people in the world have never heard about Jesus. Thirty-two have heard about Jesus and claim that they know Jesus and they love Jesus. Thirty-two out of one hundred. And forty out of one hundred have heard about Jesus but they have not taken a decision for Jesus. Now, those who have heard and believed and are born again are about 9 out of 100 people in the world. This means that less than 1 out of 10 human beings are born again Christians as I stand here now. This is the real situation. The thing which is disturbing or uncomfortable is that the number of people who have not heard about Jesus is increasing. In 1900, the number of people who did not hear about Jesus were one billion. As I speak now, the number of people who are not Christians 
is 5.25 billion. The number is increasing. The second challenge we are having is what we call unreached people groups. Read for us Matthew chapter 28 verse 19. Matthew 28 verse 19. 28 verse 19. Yes, follow it with her. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Please stop there. Look. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. For a long time, I used to think that it means go and make disciples of Ghana, Togo, Benin, Nigeria. That's not true. When Jesus was giving this command, these nations of Ghana, Togo, Benin were not there. So the Greek word used for all the nations is ta ethne. Ta ethne. That is where we get our English word ethnic groups from. So we talk about ethno-linguistic people groups, meaning that they are people who speak the same language, like the Sisala, the Kusasi, the Ashanti, the uh, Lobi, the Birifo, the Fanti, the Nzima, the Ain, the Ebe, the Santo Kofi. Those are the people we call people groups. Is that clear? Okay. The number of people groups in the whole world is 17,400. 17,400. Now, as I speak now, 7,400 people groups are unreached. When we say the people group is unreached, we mean that less than two out of 100 people in that tribe or people group are Christians. Evangelical Christians. So they, they are not enough to evangelize their tribe. So we call it unreached people group. You need to understand that because it means that Ghana alone has over 100 people groups. Nigeria has 541 people groups. Papua New Guinea has 842 people groups. 
But it is just one country, one nation. The tribes in the country must all hear the gospel. So, 42 and half out of 100 people groups are enriched. The gospel has not taken hold of them. This is the work. When we say unfinished work, this is what is left. Now, I want to tell you also about the 1040 window. The 1040 window. 1040 window is the line, we call it latitude. The line which crosses from Navrongo, just Navrongo on top of Ghana. Navrongo is latitude 10 to 40. Latitude 40. That box, the rectangle, from that place all the way through North Africa to Asia, We call the 1040 window. 97% of the world's most resistant tribes are there. All the major world religions started from that corner. Judaism, Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, Christianity, they all started from this 1040 window, the box there. And 6,200 and rich people groups are there. Work which has to be done. I normally tell people about my first experience. That's about 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, about 30. When I was going to northern Ghana, ah, we passed this village, you see, most, no church. We passed the next village, most, no church. I said, ah. When we came back, they went and did the head count, and there were 5,300 towns and villages in northern, the northern regions without a single evangelical church. I said, what? I said, they're weeping. Not only that, I was working with pioneers. Pioneers Africa. And I took a missionary to Guinea Conakry. Guinea, Conakry is the capital. And we were going to their former capital. Just about 100 kilometers in. What? Mosque, 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 mosque. When we got to the capital, we asked, is there any church? They said, yes. We said, what church? They said, Roman Catholic. The only church 
in their former capital was Roman Catholic. So we said, please show us where it is. We went to this person. This person said, go to this person. This person said, go to this person. Until we found that it was a Roman Catholic church in somebody's house. As I speak now, Guinea is about 90% Muslim. Senegal is 92% Muslim. Mali is 92% Muslim. Niger is 97% Muslim. Algeria is 97% Muslim. Libya is 99.6% Muslim. Morocco is 98% Muslim. Western Sahara is 100% Muslim. Mauritania is 99% Muslim. Gambia is 95% Muslim. Talk about Sierra Leone. 60% Muslim. And even Nigeria, mighty Nigeria. Nigeria alone is 200 million. Still counting. Half of all Nigerians are Muslims. So you are talking about 100 million Muslims, at least. Somalia. Somalia is 90. I said Somalia is 90, 90% Muslim. And one Somali guy looked at me. He was a taxi driver. He says, Somalia is 99% Muslim. <laughs> you know, I'm not talking about Saudi Arabia. I'm not talking about Afghanistan, Indonesia, which has the world's largest Muslim community. I'm talking about North Africa. If you go, go and Google on the internet. When Christianity started, the bishop of Morocco was in charge of all the churches in North Africa. Now Morocco is 98% Muslim. Egypt. Egypt where the first Christian Bible college started in Alexandria. Egypt now is 84% Muslim. are you saying? Do you say the work is finished? Is it finished? It's not finished. It's not finished. We have work to do. Now, let's talk about Bibles. As I speak now, there are 701 languages in which the Bible has been translated. The whole Bible. You should clap for uh, the Eve Bible, the Tree Bible, the Gan Bible, you know, 701 languages. Now, the New Testament has been translated into 1,563 languages. And some languages will have small portions of the Bible. But as I speak, there are 2,000 languages that have no portion of the Bible, no missionary, no church, nobody. body. 
in, as if that were enough. 80, well, some say 81, but others say 87. The reason is that when you get closer to Asia, the number, percentage increases. But between 81 and 87 percent of all Buddhists, Hindus, Muslims, and Shintoists have never met a Christian before in their life. They have never interacted with a Christian before. Since they were born until they die. Then, another sad thing happening is that of every hundred cities given in church, only one person is spent on missions for people who have not heard the gospel. All the other money is spent on the church. We looked at the statistics. Pastor's salary alone carries half of all the money which comes into the church. Then we use the rest for air condition. We use the rest to put tiles to make our church beautiful and break down what we have. Meanwhile, there are people meeting under trees, meeting in open fields, out there, among the unreached people. My problem is God's problem. God says in, let's read the Luke chapter 10 verse 2. Because you know the Matthew chapter 9 so much that when I say it, you will tell me. You will recite it for me. Luke chapter 10 verse 2. Then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest send out laborers into his harvest. Please, let's all read it together. Go. Then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. God's problem is not the unbelievers. God's problem is the believers, the laborers, they don't want to go. They have to be forced. That's the Greek word used there. You see, ekbalo. And in the New Testament, the Greek word ekbalo is used for casting out demons. And that's the word used here. He says that we should pray to the Lord of the harvest so that he will cast out Libres like demons into the harvest. Because, I mean, everybody, you are a teacher. Somebody is a market woman. Except God forces you as a Christian, you won't become a preacher. The harvest is plentiful. That's not God's problem. It's the laborers who are the problem. You see, the laborers are giving God more problem than the harvest.
You look, these three people who came to give their testimony. Very simple testimony. I went on national service. Very simple testimony. I'm a teacher. Can you imagine, as I speak now, about 57 universities are in Ghana. If even Cape Coast University, Winneba, uh, Legon, KNUST, UDS, if the Christians in those uh, universities decide that we shall do one year national service among the 20 and rich people groups of Ghana, I'm going to Chakali, then the other person will be competing. So, oh, I will go to the Mamprusi. They'll say, oh, me, I'm going to the, the, the Fulani. Then another person. Can Legon not give us enough people for the unrich people? Can KNUST not give us enough Christian students to go out? What is Church of Pentecost doing? What is Assemblies of God doing? What is Baptist doing? What is global doing? What are the churches really busy about? Some people have not heard once. Others have heard until they are tired. You have to use mobile phone to call them before they come to church on Sunday. Even with COVID-19, some people have gone to stay at home. They don't want to come to church again. They fellowship with the television. They watch, uh, what? Online, church service. And when you die, let television come and bury you. Because that's your church. Eh? Hug the television. You, you see? Hug it because you are showing love. That's where we have reached. Now, the work must be done. This is it. This work must be done. You are not leaving this work for your children. Because your children cannot talk to people who are your age groups and convert them. Not only that, if you, the parent, you are not able to do some work, should you let your children do it? You know, when we were building this building, we hadn't finished the top here. So one day I went there to the top to pray. And as I prayed, I said, well, Father, I am leaving this work to my children, Moses and the rest. They will do it. And then he said, what, what are you talking about? You... You, the father, you are not able to do the work. Then your child who is younger than you should do it. Shame. Shame. You are not going anywhere. And I said, yes, sir. You see, many of us think that you, when you are 60 years old and you are pensioned at your workplace, it means God too has pensioned you. It's not true. You see, we read it this morning. He chose you in Christ before the foundation of the world. And you are his workmanship created 
in Christ Jesus for good works he prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. Government can pension you. Even your church can take eldership posts from you. But heaven never pensions you. Because the gift they gave you as child evangelist, the gift they gave you as a pastor or evangelist or teacher, God never takes the gift from you. I was interested when I read First Samuel. Do you know First Samuel chapter 8 and chapter 12? Israel rejected Samuel as their leader and Samuel's children. But First Samuel chapter 19, Samuel was in charge of the prophetic ministry and was training the prophets. He was no longer president of Israel. But his prophetic ministry was still there, intact, as an old man. He was wielding it. So I tell people, nobody can pension me. Can you? Do you think you can pension me? No! I have a gift which no human being can ever pension. You see? Next month, God willing, I'll be 67. But I'm not pensioned. I'm not pensioned. If anything, this is the time I am more vigorous. God has given you a gift. He will never take that gift from you until judgment day. So why do you pension yourself? So, there is work to be done. Now, I don't like just looking at the negative or the bad part. The good news is that for the first time since the world began, Africa is now the driver for Christianity in the whole world. So, in 2017, what happened was that Europe had the largest number of Christians for 1,300 years. They just monopolized the cup, the first prize, the whole time. 1,300 years. But they helped us. They sent missionaries to Africa, to Asia, who came to die here. They built Bible colleges. They gave us people like Martin Luther, John Haas, Savonarola, and Wycliffe. They gave us tough people. Uh, David Livingston, uh, who? Mary Slessor for Nigeria. All those people, when Europe had the largest number of Christians, they gave people to come and die for us. But the baton passed from them to South America. And they became home to the largest number of Christians. But from 2018, Africa took the baton from them. And as I speak now, 
Africa is having a growth rate, for those of you who understand, of what we call 2.86. The world Christianity growth is 1.12. But Africa is 2.86. Africa is leading by far as far as being the driver. It is Africa that is causing Christianity to grow. That's the way to put it simply. Last two years alone, 50 million people in Africa became Christians. Now, that's not the only good news. At first, they used to laugh at us that the African church is two miles wide and two inches deep. Meaning that, oh, these Africans, what are they doing there? You go to their church, so, 12 apostles, Apostle Revelation Society, uh, Aladura, uh, White Garment Church, they don't mind these Africans there. But God has been with us. As I speak now, 42 out of 100 evangelical Christians in the world are in Africa. And God willing, within 5-10 years, half of all Christians who are real Christians will be found in Africa. Now, our governments are always blaming colonial masters that this white man, uh, what, what's his name? Uh, Jomo Kenyatta. Jomo Kenyatta was president of Kenya for 15 years. He never stepped in church. Never. Eh? And they made fun that these missionaries, they brought us the Bible and they said we should pray. And when we were praying, they gave us the Bible and they took our land and took our gold while we were praying. I tell all white people, Thank you for bringing Africa the Bible. You have taken our gold. You have taken our lands. But we have taken your Bible. It will take time to show that we have taken the better part. Because the whole world, Africa is the first continent to become majority Christian. In just one century. It has never happened before anywhere. Now, we can keep this for the next 30 years. Why? Because as I speak now, Africa is the youngest continent in the whole world. We have the youth. Zealous youth. So Africa is the continent of tomorrow. Because our people are young. And they are strong. This is the time they are growing. So if Christianity is growing now in Africa, then for the next 30 years, the baton is in our hands. Yeah. That's good news. Uh, another good news too is that, you know, the way our 
older brothers in America, Europe, have taken LGBTQ, a man can sleep with a man, woman can sleep with a woman. And the churches are signing in that they are, you know, marrying man and man, woman and woman. The good news is that the Africa Anglican Church, the Africa Methodist Church, the Africa, uh, you know, all the Africa churches have broken from their mother churches to tell them that we are not following you there. Now, you will clap more if you understand what I'm saying. Because, like the Anglican Church, Methodist Church, I'm talking about people, millionaires, Ogontiacs, people who, who have property, money, you see, and they use that to buy the politicians, usually. So they can easily use that to buy the church. But our church leaders refuse to be bought. So, now it is not yet shown, but I can prophesy that in the next 10, 20 years, all white people who are not interested in what is happening, and they are seeking God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, they will be forced to either relocate to Africa or search for African Christian leaders to come and lead their churches there because of truth. So, you know, we, we, we have a task on our hands. Every African Christian is a leader. You can ask my wife. Sometimes we go for meetings and there are 500 white people and I'm speaking. And when, you know, Sometimes when you see your black skin and see their white skin, in fact, <laughs> let me confess. One time I went to the house of one of them. White bed, white bed, white, you know, tiles. You know, even to sleep on it, you feel black. Yeah, I'm telling you the truth. One time, you know, I went and I, I went to the bathroom and I had, I washed down. When I looked at the, you know, bathtub before I went in and after I bathed, how it was like, I was forced to scrub the bath. Because my blackness showed. This is the truth. So, God, who 
chooses the poor, the needy, the lowly, people who are nothing, so that nobody can boast. He is with Africa. They can laugh. What are these black people doing? Don't mind them. But gradually, I was there in one of the meetings, and one of the white men said, ah, I don't understand what's happening. I don't understand. If you look at the figures, why? Now every Christian is in Africa. Everything happening in Christianity is in Africa, Latin America, and Southeast Asia. Christianity is becoming color. <laughs> Meaning that we are colored. They are white. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but the, what I want to share with you is that we can decide to see what God is doing in Africa and move with it. Or we can waste God's time. Because in the next 10, 15, 20 years, people are going to search for an African Christian like gold dust. This, this is the truth. Because Europe, which was the leading continent of Christianity, right now, as I speak, their percentage of Christians is less than 4% across Europe. When Ghana is talking of 72.1%. This is what is happening. Evangelical Christians. Well, it also means that the responsibility for carrying the gospel is on our shoulders now because when the white people had it, they brought the gospel to us. I did the research and 127 white missionaries died before the first evangelical church was planted in Ghana. Average age, 26, 27. And their letters are there. If you look through the history books or even go on online and check it. They come and they didn't know how to manage malaria. So a team of four missionaries arrives in Ghana. Then one gets the malaria and dies. Even before they have started preaching. Then the second gets it and dies. The third. Then the fourth one writes home. Please, my three teammates have died from the sickness. I'm the last. I've also caught it. So please send more. Then young, young, young men get up. I'll go. I'll go. Some of them brought their coffin with them because they knew they were coming to die. But they came. They came. Don't you go to a major pay? Go to uh, uh, Abri Mampong. What? He said, a 
Acropon, you will see the graves of these missionaries. Young, 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 young people. They came and died so that we will get the gospel. Now that we have the gospel, through their labor, I am ashamed that sometimes I go to Europe, go to the US, UK, and sometimes even Australia, and the church is using tree over there. Are you with me? They are white. They came and learned every. Our every Bible has been written by Germans. It took them 70 years to translate the every Bible. It was Germans translated our Bible into every. Then we go to Germany and our church, the Ghanaian church in Germany speaks three. Do you want them to be saved? You see? So when you go, Amsterdam like that has about 40 Ghanaian churches. All of them are black. You can't attract any white man if you are speaking to in church. Who will come? This is the black mentality with which we are doing the work. You see? And we, we are trying to show that well, this is for Ghanaians. The best is for Africans. But these white people, why they came to help us. Even if they didn't do some things well, at least they came and died here. So, anytime you hear of a Ghanaian saying, oh, I want to go to America as a missionary, it's just because of money. It's not a real call. If it's a real call, why not to Mauritania? Eh? Yes. Supposing we, we are to carry this flower pot. Hmm? The heavy part is here. And there you are holding here. Eh? Is America the place you should go and evangelize now? Eh? When, when Mauritania is there, Morocco is there, you ask yourself the God that Holy Spirit speaking to you. Is it, is the Holy Spirit thinking well? You, the, the, you, you are carrying this pot and then you are holding here. You see? So, at this conference, we want to focus on finishing this work. I know that not every one of you will be prepared to pay the price. And some of you will run away. But I want to caution you. Jesus said in Matthew 11, 28 to 30, Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. The lightest 
and easiest yoke in life is Jesus' yoke. Did you hear me? Many of us, particularly when you are young, you think that God's yoke is not interesting. So, ah, how I wish that, oh, that's my friend. This is my friend. He's in the world. Look at how he's enjoying it. You know, you see, it's Friday. It pains us that we are Christians because we cannot enjoy. You know, some people when you preach to them, they tell you, "Look, you, you are old. Let me enjoy more." Jesus says, "My yoke is easy. My burden is the lightest you can ever get." All your life, serving Jesus, being a slave to Jesus, is the easiest thing, is the easiest problem you can ever have. You have to believe me. God's work will not be lying down, and you will be looking elsewhere for joy, for satisfaction, and He will give you. He will give you. He will give you. Come and let's do the work. You will sweat. But that is the lightest, best yoke for you. Your gifts and calling is the best cross heaven can give you. If you say it's not true, try another one and see. Try cigarette. And, and when the throat cancer comes, you will know whether it is enjoyment or not. Try Indian hemp. Hmm? Try it. Oh, these my friends, they are grooving. Oh, yeah. Try prostitution. Try it. And see whether it's the best. You see, when you are young, things enter your head. No, 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 no. And you tell yourself, oh, for me, this Christian, Christian life is boring. Mm, for me, I don't want to be a colo Christian. Mm, for me. Go and try what is outside and see. After you have smoked weed and you are mad, you will come back and say, pray for me. So, please, we have seen a highlight of the unfinished task. Tomorrow, you are going to face the task. No, your amen is weak. Tell your friend, this work must be finished. It will be finished in my lifetime. I believe you. Let's rise up and pray. Follow JFK Men's Ministries on Facebook and YouTube and invite others to listen to his podcast. You can also access some of JFK Men's books and keep up with his ministry at www.jfkmensministries.org God bless you.